You're tuning in to the Raised by Rentals program. This podcast will contain strong language and spoilers for decades-old media properties. Welcome, everybody. This is the podcast where we examine pop culture franchises of the VHS era and improv news stories right now, live to hard drive, to imagine how we might improve our favorite movies, TV shows, and games. I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we were raised by rentals. Mike, it's our seventh episode. Woohoo! <laughs> Lucky number seven. We made it so far. Oh, man. I don't know about you, Mike, but I, I'm tired today. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I am, too. I am tired. Yes, for sure. It's been a long week, and I'm trying to wake up my brain, drink some coffee, get the get the old creative juices flowing. Uh, I, I almost wish this were a rental rant episode, so we could just bitch about something <laughs> for, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> for a little while. But we got to get like uh, creative, and we got to come up with a story. And I know I've said it, I think the last two or three episodes in a row where I said, oh, I'm, you know, woefully unprepared or <laughs> I've, I've done very little research and kind of coming in, you know, uh, fresh. But this one, this one uh, breaks the record. Uh, I am the absolute uh, m- uh, most unprepared or that is to say completely unprepared. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Uh, th- this one, uh, I hinted at it, I, I believe. Either on, I can't remember now if it was when you guessed it on the Jaws episode of the Boogeyman's Closet, or if it was on our last episode, but I hinted that uh, uh, this this episode was going to really exercise the old creative muscles, because <laughs> it's, it's a weird one. Yeah, this is definitely a weird one for sure. For sure. And um, so, you know, we we've talked about movies uh, and we've talked about, you know, TV shows and in keeping with the little description of the show, I just rattled off a minute ago. You know, it's our favorite uh, movies, TV shows and games. And we I th- we took the the challenge uh, of the dare, basically, of doing Street Fighter 2, thinking, hey, we really need to get a game in in our uh, our, our show about uh, movies, TV shows and games. And then we went right back to like, oh, let's talk about a movie or something <laughs> right. like a little bit more like comfortable. And but now we're putting ourselves back in the hot seat again because it's like, you know, there's a bunch of TV shows we want to do. But so far, all of the TV shows that we've talked about have been ones that require a little bit more research. And it's like, OK, we, we definitely need to get to those. I would not have expected we would have done so many games in you know only seven episodes so far. Right. Um, but today we are going to talk about not a video game like Street Fighter 2, but a board game. So, Mike, I think this was your idea. So, uh, yeah, what are we what are we talking about? What are we doing? Uh, well, we're, we're talking about the only game with a pop-o-matic bubble. It's going to be uh, <laughs> trouble, trouble the board game. Um, this was one of those things where we were when we were talking about random ideas for, uh, you know, for the show. It was like, what? what's the weirdest thing we could think of? And I got to thinking about uh, how well, on the Boogeyman's Closet, we were about to cover Clue. And I was like, oh, board games. I was like, there's only what? Clue and Battleship? <laughs> like, I couldn't really think of another board game film. And we started joking back and forth about a variety of board games, like make this into a movie, make this into a movie. And for some reason, this one stuck for both of us. Like, we got to put that in the in the notes. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do something with trouble. And I think it's maybe just because of the title. The title sounds like a film title. Um, 
but yeah, I was I was a little little nervous on this one because I'll, I'll be honest, I had no effing clue <laughs> what I was going to talk about until like ten minutes before the show. <laughs> so oh, this, man. this is going to be interesting. Like I read the notes, to, or not the notes, the uh, the rules to the game this morning before bed, and then I thought <laughs> about it a little bit in the shower, and then like I've just been sitting here going, all right, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> like this this is going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah, I'm in a similar boat. I remember we had that conversation a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and you were throwing out like, "What if we did this board game and that board game?" And and also I had mentioning some classic uh, retro arcade games as well. And mm-hmm. we came out and and then we kind of went back and forth on on one of our brainstorming sessions. Oh, we could do this and oh, we could do that. And and as it got like the excitement sort of built, it got to a point where we were both like competing with each other to like spit out like the weirdest idea, uh, you know for. <laughs> Exactly. To the point where at one point I think we had come up with like a trilogy and I won't name the names, but it was like, we'll take these three like retro arcade games and we'll combine them into like a movie trilogy. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Oh man. And uh, actually there was two, there was two uh, movie trilogies that came out of that, at that brainstorm session. So it's like, okay, maybe we'll get to one of those for like one of our anniversary specials or something. Um, But then, yeah, we started talking about board games and I'm going to go ahead and spoil one of them right now because I don't know that we'll do it just because we've done a similar concept but even if we do get back to it it's like whatever it'll be a while but like as an example you were like let's do the game of life and i'm like okay the yeah. game of and before i even thought of the word life i'm just thinking like oh like that like like that michael douglas movie with uh what's his name sean penn and the game and then like yep. they like kidnap this guy put him on this like adventure it's like an adventure kidnapping tour or something yeah. <laughs> and i'm like we do that, but it's the game of life. And it's like, you know, you have to, you know, go to college and get a job and get married or like, they're going to kill your family, you know, right. <laughs> or, <laughs> or something crazy. And I'm like, all right, that, that could still be fun. But it was like, and then you mentioned trouble. And I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, right. like, I know there's a pop bubble. I don't know how you turn that into a movie. And then, and then I had one of those, like, cra- again, one of those crazy ideas of like, oh, what if we did this? Aha. Thinking it was just like over the top. Like there's no, no way we would ever actually do that but then i guess we're gonna do it because you know here it is a couple of weeks later and i have thought about it zero since we had that brainstorm session other than last week when we were trying to figure out what the next episode was going to be and we were just like well let's just pick like the weirdest one on the list and go for broke and (laughs) here we are um (laughs) yeah and then uh you know 10 minutes before we started recording, I realized what time it was and was like, oh, crap, I got to get to the office and like get set up. And then I realized I don't even know what the rules trouble are. I mean, other than playing it as a kid and with my kids. But even then, it's been years and we we usually just make up. We just make up our own rules to board games in our family because it's like, yeah, whatever, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) just have fun. Like I've never mortgaged a property in Monopoly ever in my life because I don't know anyone who does that. Uh, I guess you're supposed to. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, screw that. Yeah, so I read the rules, and then I realized that there was a variant, Double Trouble, and that has, you know, slightly different rules with, like, little spinners uh, on the, uh, like, detour spinners or something on the board. So I thought, that's cool. And then I watched it. I know about that one. (laughs) And I only know about it because I went on YouTube and I looked up uh, an 80s-era commercial for Trouble, the board game, you know, one of those, like, you know, from Blammo kind (laughs) kind of commercials. And then there was another one 
that was like trouble and now there's double trouble and i'm like oh crap i, I i'm sure i heard of it at some point but i never owned it never played it uh yeah. it's basically the same game with uh with two papa manic poppers and like little little detour spinners to to mess with you but anyway i'm, I'm looking at it right now i'm like wow i never even knew that existed <laughs> i'm just stalling i'm stalling talking about the research <laughs> <laughs> but uh no so uh, before we dive in, I know you said you came up with something earlier, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. I had my little hook from a couple weeks ago. So I'm just going to do give a quick little background information on the game, and then let's just like smash our ideas together and see where they fit and uh, where we go from there. All right. So for anyone who isn't familiar, uh, Wikipedia tells me. <laughs> <laughs> that's the level of, uh, of research that we're at. Wikipedia tells me. That Trouble, a.k.a. Frustration, was originally released in 1965, uh, popularly produced by uh, Milton Bradley and Hasbro. Uh, and yeah, it's basically a game, you know, I guess for a family, it's really more for kids. And you have a, a square or kind of a diamond shaped board with four colored sections, red, green, blue, yellow. Each of the little sectors has four cylindrical pegs. And the object, the object of the game is to pick a colored set of pegs and roll the die to, uh, or, or actually, you know, pop the pop a medic popper, <laughs> well, plastic bubble with the die inside, and you roll that with the goal of getting all four of your cylindrical little pegs into the finish zone, which is like the safe zone. And there's some rules around, like you have to. Uh, you have to get an exact uh, roll of the die to get to the finish line. Mm-hmm. Can't move out of the, the starting spot unless you roll a six. If you do roll a six, you get to go again. And you have to like, there's a little bit of strategy in like getting your four, your four little cylinders out of the starting area around the board into the finish area before anyone else. So that your color, your color wins. Yeah, it's basically uh, a race. Yeah, there you go. It's a race. And that's it. I mean, if we, if it was this was Monopoly or something, I would have been going on and on about the rules. But, I mean, that's basically it. You roll the die, you move your pegs, you got to try and move all four of them instead of just, like, the one that you might have in a, in a typical, uh, you know, uh, maze-style board game. And, uh, yeah, we need to come up with a story because there is no story. There is zero <laughs> <laughs> zero backstory <laughs> there's not even like a fun loving like cartoon character on the box to give you some kind of a you have a mascot or you know some made-up backstory you know like a like uh lucky the leprechaun or like you know captain crunch or something you know <laughs> yeah we're, we're not talking about a board game like fireball island where you could easily make a a story surrounding that now this is literally just blank cylinders and pegs and a bubble like there's not much to go on now, if you were telling me I needed to make like a retro arcade game out of it, I'd be like, cool, I can do that. <laughs> but right. what to do with this? I have no idea. <laughs> well, the main thing now and, now and now here's where we uh, we might run into a little bit of trouble right off the bat. No pun intended. Um, is the uh, the concept behind why this is all happening now? I have, a, I have a basic idea for we're going to take like a uh, we'll, we'll take the, the four teams. So we're going to have four. What is it? Uh, four. You get four pieces, right? Yeah, it's four teams of four. So 16 yeah. pieces total. OK, so you got the four four teams. So we're going to have actually, you know, people instead of pegs. <laughs> so um, <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> right. So no anthropomorphic pegs here. But um, so we're going to have, have the, the four teams of people. 
And now, originally, we were talking like possibly a game show, like when we were first spitballing ideas. We did do the game show thing or like a TV show with Street Fighter. So do we want to repeat a fucked up game show? Um, which really isn't too far off the mark. There is a whole subgenre of films like this that like Running Man and Hunger Games and Battle Royale and Squid Games and all that fit into. You know, like and there's um what was that one movie, The Platform or something like that that just came out a couple years ago? There's there's a lot of a lot of uh films that fit that ilk. So it's not like we couldn't do it. I know we just did it with Street Fighter, but what are your thoughts on having this be a game show or do we want to go a different route just to start with? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that because I, I, the short answer is I do want to go a different route, but not wildly different. Uh, good. Yeah. So like I said a minute ago, I don't know where to go in terms of a story, but just mm-hmm. from that, from that brainstorm session we had a couple weeks ago, the idea that I had written down is, uh, the, the, the elevator pitch was double dare meets cube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I, I was thinking of, yeah, like four teams of four, like color coded, you have people and these people are in, I'll use the word inside because I don't know if they're trapped or it's by choice, but they're inside a facility, a building of some kind, uh, and it's like an escape room scenario. They have to figure yep. out how to escape, you know, get to the finish or safe zone, and you know, or get their whole team to the finish or safe zone. But uh, the the building is is uh, itself like a, the antagonist, right? And I was thinking, okay. much like Cube or like Hogwarts, that the building would be moving and shifting in some way. Because I was trying to figure out how does the Popomatic bubble like fit in, like what's the point of that? And so mm-hmm. my idea was, what if there was a building where Every so often, 10 minutes, let's say, you know, there's like a siren or a sound or a booming, some kind of a, of an indication of the characters that like, here it comes. And then like mm. the walls start to shift, you know, and we talked not that long ago about the alien versus predator uh, movies. And in the first AVP, they were in this like, you know, ancient temple that had these like moving and shifting walls and stuff. And that's, that's kind of where, I, where I was coming from at the time too. Okay. Um, and and so that's that for me, all I had was the setting. I don't know what the story is. I don't know who the people are. I don't know why they're in there. But, okay. yeah, I, w- I was originally thinking maybe some kind of like a game show. But I think I would rather do something along the lines of like a saw. Right. Where I got uh, an idea. The characters are in there. They're put in there by a person or maybe like a cabal of people mm-hmm. for some like nefarious purpose or, you know, fun. I don't know. But go ahead. I totally got it. Um, OK, so. We, we, I mean, we could go really crazy sci-fi if we wanted to, but let, let's just start with the basics first. So the Pop-O-Matic bubble, like <clears throat> what, what Trouble is known for, picture like a big sphere in the center of a room, like uh, almost like, um, oh my God, why can't I think of Professor X's computer? Cerebro. Cer- Cerebro, thank you. Remember in the movie how he had that big like chamber where there was all mm-hmm. the different like panels? Like, oh, let's yeah. let's set it up like that. So there's this big, like, cylindrical chamber and there's like a sphere in the center of it. Now, that's going to be the quote unquote Pop-O-Matic bubble. What if it's an A.I.? So okay. it's an A.I. that it, the whole reason for this experiment is for it to study human fears, human stress, you know, uh, basically being able to solve problems under duress, all that. So these groups of people, we don't know who they were put there by. It could be the government, could be fucking aliens. Who the fuck knows? So the movie is going to start. 
with our, our teams of people not knowing why they're trapped in these little, like, very sterile, white-looking rooms chained to the wall by their throat. So they have these collars around their throat. They have a little clicker in their hand. And something like maybe have like a, a TV screen or something come up and tell them that they 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 must get a, a six on a random number generator. So they click and it rolls. And when the, the number pops up, if it's a six, the collar pops open and lets them free. Okay. If it pops yep. up any other number, the collar tightens and you have to mm. roll again. And it keeps it. So, of course, we're going to kill somebody right in the opening by this, like have them get choked out by the frickin' th- the tightening collar. <laughs> yeah. Because um, remember, we have 16 players at this point, so we're going to have to kill people in different ways. Um, <laughs> exactly. So when the, when the room, like once everybody's free, the room will open and they can move forward. Now, you mentioned escape rooms, so I think this is perfect. If you look at the quadrant, you have six, six spaces per quadrant. Uh, and then there's one space between the quadrants. So when, when the, the doors open, you have, like, let's say so much time to get into the next room, so the next space. Once you're in there, it is like an escape room. You have to figure out how to get out. But here's, here's how we're going to keep the, the board game rules going. So they have that little clicker thing. Maybe it's something on their wrist that they have to click. For whatever number they hit, that's how many minutes they have, and it compounds for the team. So it's in your best interest to keep your team alive. So mm, okay. if you each roll a six, you got 24 minutes to figure out the room. If you each roll a one, you're fucked. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, four okay. minutes and you better figure it out. And you're, there's going to be like, let's say, six rooms per quadrant. But just to make it interesting, there's that one space between each quadrant on the game board. What if if like, you know, you're running out of time because like, you know, you have to figure out the next room or whatever. Um, when the door opens, like you have to f- you have to finish the, the puzzle before you can move. If you get trapped on the outside, you get killed. So, like, let's say yeah. that maybe maybe that's where you can see the pop of the orb, the, the AI in the middle. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you can see it on that in-between space. And if you're stuck there, like, it maybe flashes like a bright light and fucking fries your brain. Something, you know, where it can kill you off. Because we want to have somebody get killed that way, too. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, no, yeah, so you have the, the, the four teams trying to make it through their quadrant and get back around the board to their, to their exit space. Just okay. an idea. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 that's awesome. Yeah. I think you've set up, set up a really, really cool premise here. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's funny you mentioned like the little like random number generator thing on the wrist, because yeah, as soon as you started talking about like, oh, there's a, there's like this collar and the stuff on the wall, I was like, oh, they got to roll a six, you know? So <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's, that, that's, that's really cool. Now in the board game rules, like you can't win unless you get all four of your players to the finish line. So right off the bat, we're going to have to throw that rule out, right? Because yes. again, we can't have 16 people. We can't even, we don't, we can't even have like four, like final girls, like, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, we got, we got to have like one or two people who stand out. So yeah, I think you're right to add to what you said. Um, I want it. Yeah. I don't want there to be anything explaining anything to the people, to the, to the, to the contestants, we'll call them or the subjects. Right. Cause I don't want, mm-hmm anything to be explained to the viewer either in much the same way that they did in cube where the characters were figuring it out and the, the audience was following along because I think I I always get annoyed. And I've mentioned this on multiple podcasts that I've been on this one and boogeyman's closet where like it annoys me when movie uh, makers 
they just they don't take their audience uh, intelligence like seriously. They just assume the audiences are dumb or not paying attention, and they put like really obvious bullshit in the movie to be like, huh, huh, you see this, you know? Right. And it's like I would rather I think this could be a cool like like uh, you know uh, psychological drama, right? A tense sort of thriller where mm-hmm. yeah, right right off the bat. We have these – let's say we have uh, four characters like wake up in the room like you mentioned. They're collar to the wall, and then the uh, – like the, all the lights come on. Yeah, and let's say they have these like these wrists – like these gauntlets with big screens, big enough where other people can see them. Um, okay. Yeah, and like the viewer can see that. Right? And then without any without any preamble or, dis- or discussion or anything, like you just – you hear all four of the wrist gauntlet things just start like chirping. Like they're, they're, they're racing through numbers and then boop. Boop, boop, boop. You know, they all four like land in a number and like, you know, somebody gets like a five and their their collar, you know, tightens. Someone gets a three, their collar tightens. Someone gets a six and suddenly they get out. So right off the bat, it's like, OK, something about the number six. Tell the audience, OK, something about the number six. Yep. And then while, and while that while the one person who got out is like trying to figure out where they are, like maybe I'll just say she maybe she's looking around the room like she's trying to figure out. She doesn't see any doors, doesn't see any windows, doesn't see any, like, you know, this particular room is very sterile, like you said. It, it looks flat, like she, she can't find any cracks in the wall, you know? Mm-hmm. And she's like, like, you know, and she's just talking out loud, like, what are we doing here? Who are you? How'd you get here? You know, and, you know, maybe maybe there's a guy who's like, I don't know, I just, like, went to bed last night. And then, and then he starts to choke because it's like, okay, the the random, you know, the RNG timer went off. Right. And, like, he didn't roll a six. And, and then... <laughs> And again, you're now you're going to teach the audience. Okay, so again, there was no six, and then eventually we get a six, and we get a six, and then we go, oh, sorry, sorry, fourth player, you know, yep. um, and they just get choked out. Uh, and maybe, maybe it was even like a could be a little unexpected. Like, what if that fourth player was like a real big dude with like a big ass neck, you know? Right. And they're just like, okay, so again, let's not have the characters just say everything out loud, you know, to explain it to the audience, but just like, okay, we noticed that. Right. Okay. So he got maybe three squeezes and he was dead. Um, and yeah, the characters get down. We get three of three of these characters. And once once the third person hits the floor or once the fourth person is dead and we finalize this team, what if this room they're in just lights up one of the colors? Red, yellow, oh, green. Okay. Right. Again, no explanation why. Just suddenly the whole room lights up in this one particular color. Their wrist gauntlets, which previously maybe had just been like a black screen with like, you know, whatever white letters. Now the screen is the same color, right? Indicating, okay, you're gotcha. the, let's say, you know, let's call them the blue team, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for, cause, you know, whatever, blue's a, like a positive color, I guess. And um, so, yeah, so we'll, we'll, let's name the characters and figure out who they are in a minute. But we, we have this main uh you know female that i mentioned maybe you know some some other guy and then maybe like there's like a kid or you know because yeah if this is some kind of an experiment and and we'll kind of like work our way into what it is exactly like let's have a different like range of people right and and maybe this maybe this is like an older guy and you're like what are you doing here older guy a kid and like a you know a 20 something year old you know uh, woman uh just just for a, a random subset you know different different uh different color, different gender, whatever, like we'll mix it up, um, mm-hmm. you know, keep it representative. And then, yeah, so they start talking to each other. Who are you? How'd you get here? What they say, I think will kind of depend on where we end up in terms of why they're here. Maybe they just woke up somewhere like in cube or predators, yeah. you know, maybe they volunteered for something like let's kind of retroactively come back and edit in the dialogue later. Um, right. 
But the point being, as soon as that fourth person is gone, the team has been solidified. Now it's just the three of them. They're the blue team. And then now a door opens and they couldn't see that door before. Like it was like, you know, so seamlessly in the wall. And right. yeah, it just kind of like sucks down into the floor or something like that. Exactly. Right. And they so now they have to, you know, so now they have to go through um, uh, and they go into this next room. But maybe maybe because they're in the starting zone, let's see this, uh, this interstice, this like place in between, right? Like, yeah. so maybe they step out and they're in this long, huge hallway, but it's lit so bright. They can barely see what, like what it is, like how big is it? Is there a ceiling? Like, is there an end of a hall? Like they can't tell they're all blinded and they see, and then they see this, like they can see just enough to sort of see this sphere in the middle. And then they hear this, like, I'm thinking of like that sound of like the like this was it the slave one the engine from Star Wars this almost like subsonic boom they hear this, this yeah this crazy loud noise that's painful and it just like shakes the whole place and then a door opens next to them or under them and they fall so like they're forced out of this interstice but like let's see it you know what I mean yeah um, and then they go into the next room and that then exactly what you said we pick up with okay now they've entered the escape room area proper. Right. Uh, yeah. And then maybe the next time we get to this interstice hallway area, we'll see that like there's this sphere and yeah, anyone who gets stuck in there, maybe like the, the floor is like electrified or something. Cause I'm thinking it would be interesting if later on in the movie, I love that you mentioned that. And I feel like that's going to be like the pathway to like the heart of the game. Like maybe at some, maybe we get to a point where one of the characters is like, fuck your rules and just finds a way through the interstice to like get to the popomatic. And they have to be able to survive it some way. Like they can not touch the floor or insulate themselves or whatever. Like we'll get to that. We'll figure it out. I just, I just thought of it like as soon as you mentioned this, uh, this sort of in between space, I'm like, Ooh, how do we hack that? Okay. Yeah. So, um, okay. I like this idea. So you, so you said like you talked about the floor dropping underneath or dropping out from under them. What if it is something like that where it's like, it always, it doesn't want you to be in that little, you know, in between place. It doesn't want you there. And it tries to corral you into whatever it is, whether it be, you know, the next room over or a floor below you or, or like wherever it is. But if you try to avoid it, like, you know, let's say that the hatch opens and like, you know, you, you like grab onto the wall or do whatever you can to like keep from falling, you know, that's when, yeah, stuff gets electrified or like maybe it, it like shoots out like a blinding, like, you know, a blinding bright white light and you don't know where you are. And then you, you know, you fall to your death, whatever it is. Um, but like, so the, the, the quote unquote bubble is gonna, um, you know, keep people out of there, but they have to figure out a way to destroy it. To, to uh, so I, I do like that idea. Um, so, okay. So with the, they go in, so they go into the first room. So they go into the, the, the first escape room. And I think at this point we need to establish that there are other teams. So we see our blue team go into the first room and then we're going to establish the rules here to the viewer. We're like, we'll see each of their gauntlets roll the number. And then it'll be like, let's say they, they got like, you know, a five, a three and a four or something like that. So then maybe a timer in the room begins mm -hmm. to count down. So like maybe there's like a little panel on the wall or something that's like, yeah. you know, whatever their combined time is, it just starts ticking down from that time. So the viewer can put two and two together and be like, oh, OK, well, you know, they got 10 minutes because that guy got one. She got five and he got four. Oh, all right, cool. So and then we we're going to we could cut from there to see a people see a group of like maybe four people in a red room 
they all rolled sixes and just like show the door open and them walk out. So we see like, oh, there are more than just, you know, these three people that survived the blue room. Here's another group. And we don't have to stick with them. We just have to establish there are other players. And then maybe, you know, a little bit later we establish like we see the yellow team. Maybe there's only two people left. We see the yellow team in an escape mm. room of their own. Like we don't have to keep showing the starting zone, but just enough to like get people to realize, oh, OK, just like the board game, there are four teams. Yeah. So we, we got to make sure to do that. So I think I have a cool idea for that. Um, and believe it or not, like I'm looking at a picture of the board game um, like board and I'm thinking like it's made it basically of like clear plastic. Right. And you can yeah. there's like there's like paper or whatever underneath the plastic so you can see the different colored like paths. And that got me thinking, what, how do we balance uh, a story where we start out with 16 characters, but we obviously we're going to narrow it down. We've narrowed the blue team down to three. Maybe the red team gets all four. Maybe the green team gets two, whatever. Right. The point is like, let's narrow it down to a number we can at least work with to begin. And then we'll, we'll obviously, you know, we'll, we'll chop them down as the story progresses. Um, So it'd be cool if, so we follow our blue team, as we've said this whole time, they get into their first escape room and it's just them. And it's, it should be a pretty easy solution. Like again, they're and maybe every time their their little gauntlets uh, like shuffle, um, it, like they vibrate. So everyone, it's very obvious to everyone. Oh shit, it's happening! And they all look at it. And like you said, it's like you know, uh, I got a, I got a five, I got a four, I got a three, and then like yeah, a big twelve shows up on the on the on, and it starts you know, and it starts it's twelve minutes. You see the seconds like start ticking down. So immediately, yeah. even the characters are like, what's that? You know. And they won't explain it right away, but we'll draw attention to it. They'll figure mm-hmm. out the, the solution really, really simply. Maybe one of the characters is, can just, you know, say the, you know, the part out loud where he just goes, like, this is an escape room. And like, look, there's a, you know, there's a picture on the wall and there's like, there's going to be like a key behind there. I've played these online or whatever, right? Just right. A, a really easy one to begin with so they can get into the next room. And, 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 and then maybe the room after that. And in the meantime, they're, you know, we're, they're, we're learning who the characters are. We're figuring out the timings, the timer situation. One of the characters goes, oh, yeah, you add them all up and, again, kind of explain it. And then maybe mm-hmm. – so maybe by the third room, there's a big window in this room, and they can see through the window that there's another team. And you see the two teams look at each other, and they can't hear each other, but you start seeing them, like, bang on the window, like, trying to, like, hey, you know, trying to get help or whatever. Right. Who are you people? And it's, like, now the viewer is, like, oh, shit, like, this is happening – somewhere else so maybe they see the red team like through this window Mm. and we and 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 the fact that they can see the team should be a part of the puzzle like a part of the puzzle is like it's like a like let's say it's like like a like a number puzzle and they have to like someone is like oh well there's four of them and it's red and blah 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 like they figure out some some riddle but it's like make the window a part of the solution right um I think that'd be interesting so that one of our characters and again, let's pause in a minute here and like kind of define who our main blue team are. But let's say, you know, maybe the kid is, I don't know, like we can go with the stereotypical like, you know, child genius or whatever, prodigy. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, yeah. So like, you know. Uh, I don't know what I, I can't think of. I, I'm I'm not a child genius, so I can't think of what the solution <laughs> is. But like he's like, oh, it's red, and there's four of them, and there's bl- it's blue, and there's three of us, and like you know three times four, and whatever the fuck, you know. <laughs> and, right. And, there, and there's like a, and there's like and there's like a, there's like a panel on the wall. They have to like shift some things around and like move it like a like a Legend of Zelda puzzle. And then 
But then what we'll do is they'll figure it out and they'll walk through the room. And then on the other side of the window, we'll see the red team like looking at them and banging on the wall like, oh, shit, they figured it out. And then the camera is going to pan like through the window to the other side. And then suddenly now we as the viewers can hear them talking. We don't know who they are, but it's like they're suddenly like, oh, shit, they figured it out. Like I saw the kid. He was like counting and he started moving these things. And then like they figure it out. And suddenly now we as viewers have shifted from blue team to red team. And then we'll see the red team get into the next room and we'll hear them kind of talk in, in, you know, maybe call each other by name casually. So it's like, I think it'd be cool if we did that where we could introduce all the, all of the players by following like a puzzle solution from like one team to the next until we get, you know, to red, to green, to yellow. Okay, I like that. I think it would just be an interesting, like, stylistic choice to, like, we tell the story. And now we're going to leave the blue team alone for a little while. But at some point later on, maybe by the time we get to the yellow team, the yellow team gets through a door and the blue team's in there. And now it's like they have to work together, you know. And maybe this would be a really good opportunity for them to talk to each other out loud more, ask more of those questions, explain, like, oh, well, we figured out that if you put the timers together and then, you know, blah, 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 you know, and just kind of at that point kind of make it obvious. Yeah. No, I, I definitely dig that. Now, the question being, uh, is it going to be like like the board game where only one team can win? Like, is there going to be some I mean, I, I feel like that would be the, the the big climactic moment of being like they realize that only only one team is going to get out. And then the, then it's like the whole race against the clock, like who's going to get there first. And maybe this is when we can have like the the kid or me. I don't know, maybe the, the old man or something from the blue team. Maybe that's we're going to have a, a character try to sacrifice themselves to stop the bubble by getting, you know, getting in the the in like the place in between that would you call it the interstice? Um, yeah, have, the have, have, have them like, you know, try to get out there and, and destroy the bubble because they you mm-hmm. know, realize is like everyone's going to die anyway. I might as well try to go out a hero, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that the, the teams, it would be interesting to have them all working together only to realize like, oh, shit. You know, now it's a matter of life or death. It's you or me, buddy, that type of thing. And that that could create a lot of tension for these characters on top of the escape room slash, you know, experiment. Now you have the people trying to kill each other as well. <laughs> so yeah, I think that yeah. could be fun. For sure. Yeah, that'd be some awesome drama. So like I said, we could start with the blue team, shift into the red team. Maybe we have the red team, like, come across the green team, like, in the same room, you know? Yeah. And uh, it would be interesting if there was some puzzle where it's like, okay, so let's say there's all four red players and there's, like, three green players. And they get into a room and there are six, like, doors out of the of the room and like let's say they're like little uh wrist timer things go off and it's like you know you got a five you got a four you got a three whatever and what if it's like suddenly the doors on the wall all light up and it's like oh i got a five that that door says five i can get out that way oh i got a two that door says two i can get out that way but like there's seven people six doors but two of them got the same number right so so then it's like well shit well who's going through the door and maybe they both try to go but like the door slides shut or like they get electrocuted so they you know basically they're figuring out okay so we both can't go through the door so one of us has to go and one of us has to stay here and it's like what are we going to do you know right um and that would be a cool opportunity to see, like, whatever the outcome is. Maybe it's just, you know, some big asshole who's like, well, fuck you then. And he just pushes the other person down and walks through the door. And then the person who got pushed down is like, hey, wait a second. He, he, that person runs through the door. But then instead of being in a different room, suddenly they're in the interstice. And they look around and they're like, oh, shit. 
you're right. And then this is where we get to see like the spheres, like bam, 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 and then they get like fried, right? And we're yeah. like, okay, now we know what happens there. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I dig that. And, and I, I like the the concept of having, you know, the, the two teams end up in, in a room together. And because there's going to be that moment of like, holy shit, you know, how did you guys get here? Like, you know, everyone's going to be playing with the nice nice right off the bat. And then suddenly when the timers, you know, all, when the when the, the die roll, let's say, um, and then all the, the rooms light up and they realize like, oh, shit, you know, we're, we're working against each other. That's when the tension is going to like immediately hit. And I, th- I think that that's going to be that's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of fun. it's giving me saw two vibes. Yes, <laughs> so I, I like this. <laughs> yeah, very much. Very much. So, so I, I think we can do all of this. Right. And we we can spend I don't know. There's like 30 minutes probably of a movie here of like get to the rooms, figure out some puzzles, you know, yeah. kind of teach all this stuff we've been talking about. We get to the interstice. We kill that one player. You know, it would be interesting if like, let's just. I love when they have these like battle royale style moves where it's like, you know what? There's too many people just blow up a bunch of them because like we, we can't knock them off one by one by one. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like what we haven't talked about yet is what happens when like the timer gets to zero. Cause so far yeah. everyone has solved the puzzle gotten out of the room in one way or another. So what if, what if we have another one of those situations where like one team can see the other team, whether they can see him like through a window or maybe they're like, they can, they're like, there's two rooms separated by like a, like a, like a mesh floor and you can see, or like, like a grid work in the floor. They can see down. There's another, another, another team down there, whatever it is. We want to be able to see them. And it's like, so the, the, you know, the blue team is like looking down they can see, or it'd be really fucked up if it was, the, let's kill the blue team. Fuck them. <laughs> I was saying, I have a really fun idea, but go ahead. Yeah. Well, just something along the lines of like, you know, so now now we've gotten all the way through the teams like, you know, blue to red to green to yellow. Yellow is like last. You, know, you think like maybe like least important. But I think it'd be interesting if like the yellow team is in a room and they see the the blue team, the original team that we met that we think is like the main characters, their timer goes off. And then I don't know, like if they just get like fucking squished or, yeah. you know, there's like a laser wire that runs through the room or something like that. Something like brutal. Here's what I'm thinking. Like, okay, so we'll we'll have the blue team. We'll we'll be, we'll be following the blue team. Have them go into a room now, and like you said, have a, a metal grating floor. Like they look down, it's like that real thick, like industrial metal, uh, with the like real tiny little holes between. So mm-hmm. they look down, and they're like, you know, hey, there's more people down there, and they're calling back and forth. You know, they're talking to the yellow team down there, and then all the gauntlets. You know, they roll the die, and we see like the timer start counting down, and the blue team starts looking around trying to figure out a way out of the room. Yellow team is watching them, like trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Well, they don't figure it out. Like you said, like the, the mm-hmm. timer clicks and just like fucking nothing, like no, no preamble, no nothing. The ceiling fucking comes down like a press. Oh, just nice. Stomps up and fucking blood <laughs> pours on the yellow team. Yes. And, and it's just like, they're like, what the fuck? Like just totally <laughs> freaking out because not only would the characters be screaming, what the fuck, but the audience would be like, dude, what the fuck? Right. Exactly. That's what I want. Like, I want, like, uh, you know, like, off air. No, fuck off, the kid. Fuck the old man. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like off air, we were talking about this movie where I was like, you know, it was like the writers just got bored and killed everybody. But like in this case, I think it'd be a really cool plot twist. Like you take you have this like, you know, quote unquote, final girl who's like the smart, capable, you know, character we introduced at the beginning of the story. And, and, you know, nothing, you know, I'm not being misogynistic. It's just like this trope of like the final girl who gets to like, you know, win the the sci-fi horror movie. But instead, we take that final girl and like the old man and the little kid and we just (laughs) fucking juice them. <laughs> yes, yes, love it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh. And and then the audience is left wondering, well shit, like we met the other teams, but like who's the main character here? You know, like what's, right. like, what's happening? Uh <laughs> I, I think and this is totally one of those cheesy moments, but I think just to be like dumb, we have to have one character named Milton and one character named Bradley. Oh, of course we do. Of course. <laughs> And not only that, but both those characters should die, except yes. one one of them should die like just a regular death. And then one of them should make it like almost to the end because it would be a really cool like it's like the audience would think we're hinting that like, oh, Milton Bradley, like they're going to survive. Like, like they're giving us a clue. Like, no, right. nope, we're just nope. fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, this is good. Yeah. OK, so I think I think we've reached a point where it's like, OK. The, the setup, the the like this is a like man versus environment right story, right? Yes. Um, uh, man versus uh, you know machine at the same time. So at this point, we can talk more about the story and like who wins. But I think in order to do that, we need to humanize the characters at this point. We know they're they're in this they're in this like you know death machine trying to survive. We understand how it works. We don't need to go into ad nauseum detail on every one of like the traps and puzzles. But so let's back it up, right? So. We had our final girl. We had the old man. We had the kid. They'll have names. It doesn't matter what they are, right? Right. <laughs> Maybe the old man was Milton because, you know. I, I know, just wrote that down. I was like, <laughs> Milton sounds like an old name. He should be the old man. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, oh, shit. It would be hilarious if every one of the characters had some kind of, like, board game reference name. But, like, not all of them so obvious, you know. Right. Like, we have to have a Parker, like the Parker brothers, right? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Or maybe like let's call the the little kid Parker, uh, I guess. Like we'll just kill him. You know what I mean? But like right. they don't have that all be quite so obvious, but like, you know, I think it'd be interesting. You know, some of them, you know, we could look up some names like, you know, we couldn't call him like Hasbro. That's like a little little on the nose. But yeah, you know. a little too much. Well, and we, we could have other references there too. Like the the first name that popped into my head for the for the uh the our our false female lead, the one that we think is the female lead till she gets mm-hmm. switched. Uh, I was thinking Sarah because Sarah Connor, you know, man vs. machine Terminator. Oh, yeah. There you go. So I was like, yeah, Sarah. Let's call her Sarah, you know, Um, (laughs) until she gets juiced. Exactly. I love that. Well, <laughs> I still have the Wikipedia page open from earlier when I was, you know, uh, I was using my, you know, my my glorious academic research to explain the game. <laughs> <laughs> and right there at the top, it says that the, in Finland, the name of the game is Kimball. And I'm sure that's pronounced different in Finnish. But like, hey, Kimball, there you go. We name one of our characters Kimball, you know. Okay, uh, yeah. yeah. So whatever. The point is we can we can. So we know our blue teams. We have Sarah. We have Parker. We have Milton. They're all dead. Fuck them. Yep. <laughs> dead. And then we have, and we have a red team, and in my head, for I don't know why, I don't know, you know, who knows where thoughts come from? They just appear. Um, <laughs> but in right. my head, the red team, I saw all four of them survive. Because I'm just thinking, like, red, you normally think, like, bad guys, evil, you know, dark. I think it would be interesting if one of the red players maybe, maybe not win, but, like, get really far. Yeah. Uh, again, just trying to screw with uh, expectations so we can kind of keep this, you know, interesting. Um, so I'm picturing, like, a, a really big 
big looking dude, like a, what's his name? Uh, like Tony Todd, like a, you know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. like that kind of a guy, like big grizzled, you know, like tough looking, uh, black guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I want him again, I'm not trying to feed into stereotypes with like the final girl thing, but I'm thinking like, let's have him be the guy who's kind of like the asshole, the one who pushes somebody down to like get through a tour, you know? Right. Um, but maybe, you know, Maybe he's not really, I don't know, we, we, have, we flip that on the script somehow, like, you know, either we let the asshole win the game, because you'd be like, well, what the fuck, you know, <laughs> right? Well, or, okay, or, we, or we reveal in some way that, like, wait, this character is only an asshole because they're like, no, no, I have to survive, because, like, you know, my, my kid's, you know, like, yep. in the hospital and that, cancer, and, like, I have to get back, and I don't keep, fuck all you people, I have to get back to my kid, you know, that kind I of I was thing. just gonna say, he, he's, he's gotta get out for his kids, because, of course, if like you know as a parent yourself you know it might be a nice guy and all but if it comes to your kids being in danger you come hell or high water you're going to do whatever you got to do to help them you know so if you're trapped in this scenario and you realize like your your kids need you like they're, they're all you got maybe his wife is dead or whatever and it's like if he doesn't get out they got nobody yeah. you know so because remember, we're not going to know the backstory of each of these characters until they start talking about it. And the whole point of the AI structure is to study like human stress, like to study, like, what do you do in a life or death scenario? Like, you know, do you get when do you give up? What What is your breaking point? You know, what is your fuel? So everyone's going to have different scenarios. Like maybe we have some people that are terminally ill that we don't like we'll find out like. You know, yeah, I was given a year to live like I'm, I have cancer or something like that or and, and we'll see how they react in this life or death situation. Are they willing to sacrifice themselves to help their team? You know, like we, we need to, to have those types of character interactions. But I think having the entire red team is a really good idea to have them survive because, again, the rules of the game, you have to have all four of your players. There you go. Exactly. So, and, I, and I think it really flips the script on the expectation, like I said, to the audience. You pick, like, the quote-unquote, like, bad color. You, mm-hmm. you don't have one, like, final girl. You have a whole final team. And then right. one of those people is, like, the perceived, like, asshole, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think it'd be interesting if all four of the characters in the red team, they're like the Slytherin. You know, like, let's let's have them all kind of be, like, unlikable in some way until we yeah. get to know, like, why they're there, you know? Well, and, and I... Oh, sorry. I keep going off. <laughs> no, no, you're, no. You're, there's just too many ideas, right? But I was going to say, we don't. I don't know if we need to explain it overtly, but I think it'd be interesting if we find out that each of the teams was grouped together because of some similar trait. Like all the red team players are all there because they were perceived to be people who would do anything out of desperation. Like you know, I, you know, like I said, I will you know kill a motherfucker if I need to get home to my kids, or you know, like I will do anything you know to get this promotion or whatever. You know what I mean? Like we have the, yeah. the people who are like. I will do anything I need to do. You better not get in my way. Where then you have like the blue team and they were the ones who were like, you know, the, the heroes, the heroic, like problem solvers, you know, fuck right. them. <laughs> 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 so it's almost like a, like Hogwarts, Hogwarts house kind of a thing, you know, where, right. uh, again, I don't know what the group, we haven't, we haven't met the green team yet. We haven't met the yellow team yet beyond, you know, whoever, whichever one of them got pushed down. So, yeah. So, I don't even know that we need to get into all of those teams. Other again, maybe we can have it. Maybe the green team is like a paramilitary group, and they all think that they're there, and it's some kind of like a mission. Like they, they're, they're kind of self-aware of like you know, you know, our, our we must have been put here to like test our our, our grit and resolve and uh, hoorah, you know, whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe the, oh, maybe the yellow team is like they're they're so they're all like. Uh, 
I know I mentioned earlier Parker the kid being like a child prodigy or whatever, but maybe he's just smart. But instead, I think the, because I, we need to explain the AI somehow. So like the yellow team should be like this is like the the real genius kids, the the, the nerds, you know, yeah. uh, where. At some point, one of them is like trying to like they pull a panel off of a wall and they're trying to like hack in hack into the system. Let this be the character who's like, oh, I figured it out. Like like this thing, this in the center, the sphere, it's some kind of an AI and it's like you know it's observing us and like look, there's a camera here and a camera here. They're like pinholes and like you know they they figured then they're like haha, I figured the whole thing out. And then maybe maybe they take their like wrist gauntlet thing off and they hack it and wire it to the wall and they're like now I have a monitor and they're like you know I'm gonna like you know talk to this thing. And then I'm picturing the the AI, the AI right, uh, uh, has like a sense of humor. And like, so it's like talking, it's like, why are, you know, the the person from the yellow team is like, why are, you know, why are we here? You know, why have you, you know, kidnapped us or whatever? And then have that just, they, they don't, they, they assume they're talking to an AI. They're telling the audience they are. And then just have the AI write back, like, want to play a game? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. And then just like electrocute that motherfucker to be yeah. like, oh, and, and that's when one of the one of the other characters is like, this fucking computer's got a sense of humor, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's freaking awesome. Like an AI that's like, oh yeah, like I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna quote war games at you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I haven't thought of war games in so fucking long. Oh my oh, god. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, that's funny, but. <laughs> But yeah, okay. So we we have we can we can set up the different different groups. Um, I think in quick succession, even like because I, I like the idea that for like the first ten to fifteen minutes of the movie, we're following the blue team. Like we're seeing the glimpse, like you said, the the window. We see like the red team, and we travel over and see them maybe solve a puzzle and get out of the room. But we go right back to the blue team, and like we're following the blue team for a while. And then we get to uh, the room where they get squished, they get juiced onto the yellow team, and that's how we meet the yellow team. Um, and then, like you know, we see the yellow team, like you said, like maybe that that's where they're hacking into a hacking into the panel. So we kind of kind of get the the quick impression, like oh shit, they're a bunch of they're a bunch of like really smart kids or smart people, I should say. Um, that's where we're gonna have the computer, you know, want to play a game, electrocute the guy, and then we'll transition from them to the green team, so we can finally get all four teams on mm-hmm. screen within the first like half hour of the movie. Yeah, exactly. You know, this is not something that can, can run like a two and a half hour Marvel epic. This is a get in, get out type of film. This is like 90 minutes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't think we could stretch this premise for too long. <laughs> yeah. So we want to have, we want to have all four teams shown in the 30 minutes. What were you going to say? No, sorry. I was going to say, yeah, I, I I agree with you. Yeah, we, we need to, like, let's set this up so that we can z- z- narrow down, you know, and then focus on, like, a solution of, like, okay, let's get out of here now. We've seen the escape room slash torture chamber. Now, how do we get out? Right. And I think we could we could spend, like, a, a five-minute montage, maybe not even five minutes, like, maybe, like, two-minute montage of, like, you know, uh, having like you like focusing on the on the on the orb, the the popomatic bubble in the center, and then kind of like spiral out through the different rooms, like kind of a camera pan, and see like you know red team solving like working together to solve a puzzle where it's like they have to hit different colored uh, panels on like all sides of the cube room um, at the same time. So like they had like how do you get up on the ceiling to hit that one? You know like. Like they got to figure out like almost like a game of twister, but like crawling up the wall and shit 
to try to hit like the right panels at the right time to open the door. And then like, you know, see the yellow team doing something where it's like they have some kind of mathematical equation. Like maybe there's numbers all over the entire room and they have to figure out the common numbers. Like like mm-hmm. what's what's the, the common denominator type thing? And then you yeah. have like the, the green team. Maybe it's like a physical exertion thing. Like maybe they're in a room where it's like these uh, just like pillars, like really tiny, like maybe like, a, you know, like a 12 inch pillar uh, in diameter. And it's like there's just space between them, like dropping off into nothingness. Mm-hmm. And they have to, like, make their way across the room while these, like, things are swinging across it. So it's it's like a, you know, physical challenge type of thing. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a video game. It's like Ninja Gaiden or something. Right, you know? yeah. So it's like... <laughs> no, that's, so that's we, I like the idea of, like, uh, rooms, like, are tailored to the team. But, yeah, go ahead. But, yeah, I was going to say, we just do a quick montage just so the audience can be like, like, okay, they're all making their way around this, quote-unquote, game board and they're all facing different tasks. You know, maybe it is, oh, you know what? I like this. You mentioned the multi-tier thing. Each, like, okay, so we're going to have the game board. It's all the way around, like, the the 28 rooms thing. But what if it's four tiers? So instead of all being on the same level, they're each tailored to that team. So it's like you have the the red team. Maybe the blue team was was on 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 the first floor, or like the very top floor, the yellow team was right below them. The red team is on like the third floor down. And then the green team is on the bottom floor. That's like above the abyss, you know? Um, so like when the blue team sees the red team across the way, they're like looking down and across like the, the, you know, the, the courtyard or whatever. Oh yeah. Yeah. To the other room. Um, so this way when, when blue team gets squished and like quadrant one is done cause they're dead, we follow yellow team on the next floor down and like reds below them and then greens below them. Um, but yeah, this way we can have like the different tailored like rings almost like the yellow ring is all going to be like various, uh, I don't want to say intelligence tests, but yeah, I mean, for lack of a better term, intelligence tests where they're all, all going to be like some kind of weird puzzle. Like, yeah, like riddles. Yeah. They're doing fucking Sudoku and math problems, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then like the red team, maybe it's like, you know, it's not. It, it's it's like half and half. It's kind of endurance, but it's also some kind of a puzzle. So like like I said, they're doing the thing where it's like you have to you know I have to put my foot on the wall on this panel, but still mm. reach up and touch this panel on the ceiling while you touch those two panels. And like they're playing a fucking game of 3D Twister. Yeah, and, I was just gonna think that Twister. <laughs> right. And and again, we, we want to keep those games kind of involved in the in the you know in the 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 show or in the movie. And then, like, Green Team, like I said, they're doing, because like, you mentioned the paramilitary, I was thinking almost like an obstacle course. So they're they're doing, like, the guts challenge, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that'd be really cool. And I like the idea of, of the different, like, uh, levels, but we should have it, have it not be, like, totally, like, flat to the point where, like, at some point we have, let's say, Yellow Team from, like, the, you know, the second we'll call it like the, the the third level, like, second from the top, right? And then, and they go into a room, and it's, like, they go downstairs or a ladder or something because the red team's down there. And that's the room where it's like, oh, there's seven of us. There's only six doors. You know what I mean? So it's like right. it'd, it'd be cool if they were kind of like together. And then you get like the yellow team who's like they they figured out, like, oh, this is easy. This is the easiest puzzle we've had all day. And then the red. But then the red team's like, yeah, but who's getting out of here? <laughs> you know, uh, right, dude. <laughs> uh, oh, perfect. Hold on. You mentioned earlier the the the, the uh, place shifting, right? So what if each room, oh, like, because yeah. there's the 28 rooms per per like ring, we'll say, uh, each room can kind of shift down. 
and like shift up and all that. So like it'll just drop down to the ring below it. And now mm-hmm. suddenly like yellow and red are on the same playing field. And then like maybe red gets shifted up eventually. And it's like, oh shit, we're in a different area, you know? So it's like, so yeah, when the, when the, the quadrant shift, like suddenly they're testing their metal being like, ah, you know, you guys are pretty smart, but can you do a physical endurance? Like that kind of a thing. It's, it's shifting the different okay, rooms yeah. to te- cause again, it's, it's testing human stress and testing the reaction to like, you know, what do you do in this horrible situation? Like, Hey, you were good at this one. Can you handle this one? You know, that yeah. type of thing. Yeah, that's really cool. And I think it should not be really immediately obvious to the audience that the, that the building is moving around. Like I mentioned before, and uh, I've mentioned it twice now, the, the challenge where it's like, there's seven people and then six doors. And like, this is when we get like, you know, we've just been, we've just been calling him the asshole, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, let's just call him Bradley. Right. So we get, uh, Bradley who, it's just like, well, you know, fuck you. And he pushes, you know, someone from the yellow team down and you're like, oh, what a bully. And he goes to the mm-hmm. door and the yellow team guy gets up and it's like, hey, and he runs through the door. But when he runs through the door, he's not in the next room. He's in the interstice. And it's like, well, shit, yeah. like that, that happened in like a second, you know. Um, yeah. And but maybe during that time period, like Bradley runs through the door. They hear that loud, like bong noise. That's like the popomatic sound. And then the yellow guy gets up, runs through the door. The room's not there. He gets zapped like on a bug zapper, you know. Yep. <laughs> yeah and, and that should be the that 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 combined with the fact that we see at one point maybe we'll see like either red, the blue team gets squished like above the yellow team you know but maybe at some point we see like uh or whatever it is we see like one team above like say we see a uh, uh, red above green but then at some point green's above red and it's like wait how did that happen you know like yeah I, I don't want it to be so obvious where all of a sudden they're like oh you know everyone everyone's going to get knocked to the floor cuz the room moved like it's so smooth that they don't even notice it's happening okay so so yeah so we'll definitely do that throughout the movie right we'll we'll have it yeah. where it's moments like that maybe like toward the end, like when we only have like maybe the red team and the green team left or like some of the yellow and some of the green and all of the red team, you know, maybe we see like we pan out to that, that, that interstice and we see, you know, the sphere floating there. And that's when we see like quick sliding cubes. Like we see the rooms that they're in quickly transition. So the the audience is then like, Oh shit, it's moving shit around. (laughs) Like that's what's happening. Yeah. It makes, it makes that like wong kind of sound. And then it like, the quick sliding shift, like, you know, mm-hmm. one goes up, one goes down, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, exactly. And we can maybe have the yellow, you know, some yellow player or someone, some character, be, you know, again, you know, say the quiet part out loud where they're like, oh, the room's moving. It's moving, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and so I, I think you know, we've kind of established all of that. So we have our red team. We haven't really, like, other than, you know, Bradley, who I just sort of, you know, the asshole, right? Uh, right. It's just sort of like him and the rest of them, you know, who, whoever they are. And again, these guys should all be desperate um, and yeah. desperate to get out. And I think that their desperation should be the thing that gets them out. And what's what's the theme or like the lesson that we're communicating here? I don't know. But I just think, I think it's an interesting one. The AI is going to learn that, oh, okay, so it's this human like determination that's making right. them succeed. Like it's not their intelligence or their brute strength or their, you know, their like, you know, plucky attitude. It's no, like yeah. we are getting the fuck out of here. And maybe we, so there, there should be Bradley who has this positive motivation to like, and, and maybe it's that like, you know, he went, maybe he was like at home watching TV and then, 
next thing he knew he woke up here and he's like like oh my god like my baby was in like the high chair eating dinner or whatever or like my or or he was he was he was at home you know feeding the baby and then now he's just like like my baby is literally at my house alone no one knows that 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 he's there and he's just like i don't know why i'm here how long i've been here i don't know anything but all i know is like you know like my baby's gonna like starve to death if i don't get the fuck out of here like right the hell now um but then another character should have like a negative determination, like, you know, they're a heroin addict and they haven't had like a hit and they're just like, right. you know, some gangly, like dirty, you know, you know, very stereotypical, you know, like strung out dude who's just like, I will step on anybody's face if I can get out of here and get, you know, to my junk, you know? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I will step on your junk to get to my yeah, junk. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so we got like Bradley and his kid. We got like, you know, we got, you know, junk stomper, <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever we call him. <laughs> um, and then, yeah. And then we'll have like, uh, I don't know. Uh, we could have maybe, you know, I, I can't think of what the other two could be, you know, shit. I mean, we, we could even have somebody be, be something like, you know, just uh, I, I don't want to say like a celebrity, but may, maybe maybe they were they like had the maybe they had the interview of a lifetime type of thing. And it's like all my dreams are coming true and now I'm trapped here. That type of a thing. Yeah, um, like 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 shallow desperation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's but, really good. But no matter what, it, it's all going to be the same thing. It's all going to be that, uh, like you said, that that human determination that that's going to get them through. And we yeah. don't need to know all of their backstories. Like how even just like if we see like one or two of the red team's backstories and we see that they're all kind of similarly acting like, you know, mm-hmm. they're they're just as determined. We could kind of put two and two together and be like, OK, this this group is desperate. Like there, there's something where they're like, they got to get out of here. The other yeah. ones are questioning the why and how and where are we and why do we have to do this and all that. Like the yellow team's trying to figure it all out. Green team is just like, you know, it, it's like each room is an endurance test. Blue team was the one that were trying. They were they were trying to be like, you know, like, what is all of this? And like asking yeah. the question. Red team is like, fuck it. I need out. <laughs> you know. Like, yeah, that's awesome. And again, it, w- it would flip the expectation on its head if we never really got to know all the characters that well. Like we find out about Bradley, you know, somebody asked him a question about like, why'd you do that? Uh, and he's just like, you know, fuck you. I'm getting home to my kid. We can yeah. clearly tell that this guy's a junkie. Like we'll make it obvious without, we don't have to explain that. Like that guy, <laughs> that guy's Jones in, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> that guy's name is, his name is Jones from now on. Right. So <laughs> Jones, yes. Jones is Jones in. Right. And then, yeah, then we see this really, really shallow, you know, like, you know, Hollywood, you know, starlet type, you know, but like, you know, whatever, right? And then maybe, and maybe the last person is like, uh, I don't know, like a some kind of like Robert De Niro kind of like tough guy who who's just like, I will do anything I have to do. And he and, and this guy is like, you know, he's not making dumb mis- dumb decisions. He's not being rash, like that, like like a CIA agent, the kind of like seasoned, grizzled, intelligent, you know, agent who's like. I'm not making rookie mistakes. You know, I'm, I'm trained for this, you know, yeah. but we, we know that from his demeanor, not necessarily from what he's saying. Again, set the expectation on its head is like the characters that we got to know on the blue team juiced, right? The characters, that we, the characters who are, who, who talk to goddamn much on the yellow team, because they're trying to explain and figure out everything dead. Right. But the, the, and the red team who are like, we only know the one guy's name and the right. rest of them, are all just they're 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 so desperate you can tell from how they look and they're like tagging along and they all get to win and it's like we don't even yep. know who they all are you know and that would be awesome 
I no, I like that. I like that that this entire film is uh, much like this episode. It's subverting expectations. <laughs> like the whole yeah. thing is is about like what the fuck could this movie be about? And like you just keep flipping the script. Like keep turning it on its ear. Everything that you think is going to happen, we're going to take a hard left. And I've actually gone on record as saying this before. Like. I'm usually not a fan of when something is weird or shocking just to be weird or shocking. Like this could be an entire rental rant. Um, but like I had a, a thing back in the early aughts where everyone was going off about Japanese horror and don't get me wrong. There's a lot of great Japanese horror, but a lot of the stuff that was getting lauded as like great Japanese horror, I would watch and I'm like, yeah, this scene was cool, but the rest of the movie, I was kind of like, eh, why does everyone love this so much? And everyone I would talk to about, like, why did you like it? They were like, well, because it was different. Yeah. Like, but different doesn't necessarily mean good. Like, what was good about it? Well, I hadn't seen it before. Okay. <laughs> like, that could be a whole rental rant. But my, my point is, I normally don't like it when that happens. However, when it makes sense to the story, I fucking love it. And the best example I can give is Red State. Now, have you seen Red State? No, I haven't. Oh, dude. Okay, I won't ruin it. But there is a hard left turn at some point where it's like, yo, that's awesome. (laughs) Like, it blew me away to the point where, like, I was so happy with Kevin Smith doing that that I'm like, Mm -hmm. I just want him to make horror movies Um, (laughs) (laughs) because it was so good. I'm going to have to bump that one on the list. And, And actually, I have that movie because i like i sort of skipped it because it was like that one in like was it called cop out like it was called like the mm-hmm. weird the weird kevin smith movies yeah. um and i was kind of going through a period where at the time where i was like eh, i'm kind of over kevin smith like you know because and f- for almost the same reason because it had gotten to the point like with zach and miri where it was like it was almost like shocking for shocking's sake and i think yeah. that 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 whole that whole like take on pop culture of like well i'm gonna offend you on purpose like that was kind of a thing in the in the 90s and early 2000s that i think had really run its course and so i was kind of like eh, you know kevin smith I, he can he can he has better ideas than him and, he, and he's he's proven that with like you know tusk and whatever mm-hmm. um but i just, just never went back and watched red state but i i actually have it on my my short list i have about like the, it's in the next like probably eight or ten movies i was going to watch and like uh anyway so yeah i'll probably bump, bump that one up now I, I would definitely I, I highly recommend it for for two reasons. Like one, it's believable horror and believable horror is always like that's the stuff that gets me actually scared. And and I love that when 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 a movie can actually scare me, kudos. And and this movie did that in spades because, again, Michael Parks, you know, ugh, I, I wish he was still with us because he was such a fucking good actor. But he's so good in that movie. And John Goodman is great. Everything about it. It's fantastic, and it's not what you expect from Kevin Smith. So I was a huge fan of that. But again, it's that so that that hard left turn where it works. Now, from Dust Till Dawn, you know how much I love that movie. Yeah. That's another one. It's like it's a fucking heist film, and then boom, vampires. Like it's it's great when when a film can pull it off. So I like this film or or this concept doing that, where it's like, all right, we got the blue team, we're following the blue team. Holy shit, they're dead. You know, it's like. I like the fact that we're taking hard left turns that still make sense within the confines of the film and aren't just shocking for shocking sake. 
Yeah, and I'm glad so. you said. I'm glad you ended. You ended that by saying "shocking for shocking sake." Because that's exactly what I was thinking, and I and I kind of mentioned it too with the Kevin Smith thing, where it's like I think that that that's really played out in Hollywood in general. This idea yeah. of like, oh, we're we're gonna do something really edgy and like weird and like we're gonna shock you. And like in horror movies, it, like there's the constant like one-upmanship of like you know more and more like gross out or just uncomfortable you know, mm-hmm. stuff like, like that whole, like the torture porn, like trend. And to me, that's, that was just like the culmination of, of that, like shocking for shocking sake kind of a thing. Yeah. Are there, are there good stories in there? Of course there are. There's good stories and everything, but you can really see there's, there's a lot of properties in Hollywood and in comic books and wherever, where it's like, people are just trying to like outdo the, the, the thing that was successful. Well, I'm going to do it even more shocking than that, you know? Yep. And, and it's, it's obvious because it's like, they're reaching, they're really reaching. Um, but I, I like the idea to me, the theme of what I'm seeing here is like, just like, making a movie out of trouble the board game is completely <laughs> wild and out of left field i think everything in the movie should be wild in the left field because it just goes along with that theme um right. and yet and, and, and so I, yeah the expectation that like a board a board game movie cannot be good well you know right. like we're, let's flip that expectation on its head along with every other expectation along the way and that's you know right. I, and, and really and i, I and so I'm going to segue into the next part of the story because another example of a movie that I think that does that well and spoiler alert is cabin in the woods, uh, oh, where oh, right? I love that movie so much. And so, and that twist comes pretty early in the movie. So again, spoiler alert, if anyone who hasn't, hasn't watched it, but you find out pretty early on that the characters in the movie who are in this very stereotypical, like tropified version of a horror movie. And then it's like, dun, dun, dun. It's actually this weird experiment where they're being like monitored on cameras and there's this whole agency and they're being put there on purpose. Like they've, they're creating a horror movie scenario on purpose for, Mm -hmm. you know, for a nefarious, uh, you know, nefarious end. And so I'm thinking this is very much the type of movie where we could do that, where we could have this whole like movie where it's like, oh, like these guys are just doing like cube basically. But then it's like, okay, well, unlike in cube, when we never really got to find out like what was going on, like I think at the point where we start to have the red team get desperate enough where they're going to venture into the interstice and like brave whatever is out there, whether it's on purpose or, you know, happenstance and they survive it. I think we should, this is when we pull back and we see, okay, let's find out a little bit about why they're there. Is it, it, what is this AI? The audience has no idea other than it has a sense of humor. So I say we, we pull back like through a camera and we see, uh, there's a woman standing there. And again, I mentioned Cabin in the Woods because it's like I'm just going to steal the idea of of the director. Again, I won't say what it was. Right. But so we have this person you know, who we'll call her the observer. Right. So the observer is watching the camera and talking to somebody who has this very like pleasing and pleasant voice like this, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and basically explaining like, oh, this, you know this team the red team whatever like they're all desperate and you know so far like you know they, they've they been able to survive and the people you know blah 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 we thought candidate number blue number two or whatever would be the one and you know she didn't make it you know and kind of explaining a little bit of what we've been seeing um and, and almost as if the observer is like disappointed in like the results you know like mm-hmm. this isn't this isn't what i expected and then you know basically turning to a screen and we see that sphere and the sphere is like talking to the observer and this is when we find out Oh, okay. This is what now we know for sure that this is an AI. The yellow team member was correct, you know, and the observer is talking to it like it's a person on a screen who has this very, you know, not a robotic voice, but a very pleasing, you know, female or like gender neutral kind of a voice. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
again, we explain a little bit about what's going on. And then they're like, well, you know, we have to, you know, we, well, we have to like, you know, stop them somehow. Like, look, they're, you know, but, and, and, and maybe it's the AI who's like, well, no, like, this is the experiment. Like, this is, you know, like, this is what we were trying to do. We we're trying to, you know, determine, you know, you know, the, the, the nature of, you know, of human determination. And it's like, oh, okay. Now the audience knows, you know, right. what they're doing. Cause the observer's like, no, blah, 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 blah. And so, and again, and, and I think that that's kind of, kind of an obvious thing to do. Like, let's back it up, explain whether they're okay, fine. But then I think it'd be cool if, you know, the, the AI kind of goes back to work and then the observer like leaves the room, goes into a different room. And there's like, uh, and there's like people in this room who are like watching all of this happen on cameras, but mm-hmm. they're in there and they're like placing bets with like big stacks of money on like some kind of like a Vegas felt table. And, <laughs> and, and what we find out is that like the observer who was there doing this experiment with an AI to like, you know, quote unquote, like study human determination, but it's actually tricked the AI into creating this like, you know, tycoon gambling facility where you have these <laughs> rich, rich fucks in another room and all they're doing is betting on like, I got red number three for the win, you know, like, oh, I'll take that, you know, I'll take that action or whatever. And it's like, oh, so this is what human nature is. Human nature is not these people whose determination is going to get them out of a dangerous situation because, you know, yay for the human spirit. No, no, no. Human nature are these jerks in the other room who are, you know, torturing, you know, people they don't even know for their own, you know, jollies. Like that's what human nature is. Oh, that's fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Oh man. And, and, And side note, the, the observer is played by Kirsten Dunst. (laughs) <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the reason for that is because while I was Googling this board game with like 10 minutes before we started recording, trying to figure out what we were going to talk about, I, I mentioned I had found like old 80s TV commercials. Well, the TV commercial from 1992 where it's like trouble and now there's double trouble. Kirsten Dunst is in the commercial when she's like a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> and I think that'd be awesome. And just like Sigourney Weaver, where you kind of like bring back this, uh, you know, you, you can kind of bring back uh, characters like Sigourney Weaver or like, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Jimmy Lee Curtis, you know, to kind of like, you know, uh, revisit like classic roles. It'd be funny to have Kirsten revisit her classic role from the Trouble <laughs> commercial. <laughs> oh, my God. That's freaking perfect. I love it. That's great. I honestly thought when you when you were talking, uh, like when you when you had the characters talking, and you, and you said, and then they go into this next room. The first thing that went through my head was aliens. <laughs> like it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be aliens puppeteering all of this. <laughs> but well, I, I like mean, it. I like it better that it's rich tycoons. Yeah, uh, just you know, like I want the audience to be disappointed in people. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Well, Again, like and, that's the expectation. But again, there, there's that, and and I and I mentioned this before uh, on the Boogeyman's Closet, and I know you and I have talked about this. That one of the things that that really freaks me out and gets to me is like the idea of of human life being so unimportant that people will waste it for their own entertainment. Um, so it's why like the hostile movies got to me. Um, like the first mm-hmm. hostile movie, like it was funny. It had enough levity. That I was like, okay, I'm able to get through this concept and actually enjoy the film. Hostel 2, it, it like I almost walked out of the theater. I know a lot of people like it, you know, because it's got such a gruesome ending. But like, there's a, a human trafficking scene in Hostel 2 where you just see all of these like rich assholes like placing 
uh, like bidding on on these on these people's lives. And it just it it really got under my skin. Um, and then Hostel yeah. uh, Hostel three, uh, they they do um, a, a Vegas thing like it, it, it is. It's it's rich people uh, making bets on like or not making bets, but like um, were they making? I think they were making bets like to see how long the person would survive. And it was like, you know, they would pay money to have like certain tools used on the person. And it, it was fucking gross. Um, it was a, it was a decent movie, but it was gross. <laughs> but yeah, so like that is having that in this like that ups the horror ante for me to be like, oh, fuck, it's it's people again. <laughs> like, it's always people. It is. <laughs> well, yeah. And I actually never saw Hostel 2 or Hostel 3 because the first one was enough for me. Like, you know, I like mm-hmm. Eli Roth, but it was like, I, I got it because, again, it was the, kind of that whole like, you know, I mentioned torture porn before being part of that whole like shocking for shocks, you know, sake uh, trend. Yeah. Uh, and to me, I was like, you know, I don't need I don't need this in my life. Like, I don't need this imagery in my head, you know. Yep. Um, but yeah, and, and that's kind of, so I, I wasn't I didn't realize that they had done you know more of that in the sequel. So that, that's actually really interesting. And I think it's interesting that like here I am saying like, oh, I don't want to do like shock for shock's sake but i think we can do shocking in a in an interesting way and like have it, it's a commentary and and i think it's really interesting now that we have this sort of like you know torture porn um reference in this movie but again it's like now it's become a commentary it's not torture porn because we want to see the torture it's torture porn because okay we're going to comment on how ridiculous that is you right. know well and the simple fact that it's based on a game like you have to have you know, like a gaming aspect to it mm-hmm. and like people betting on it or placing bet. like, there you go. You brought back the gaming aspect of it because it's not just the AI studying them now like that is happening. But at the same time, you have people that are that have gamified this experience. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I'm going to uh, and stop me if you want me to, but I am going to kind of jump ahead because I'm at a point now where I feel like we have this really great like premise for most of a movie. And I kind of think with the twist of the observer and like the Vegas room in the back and understanding who the AI is, I kind of feel like the rest of the red team getting out and, you know, finding, you know, getting out of the room, it's kind of a given, like that's where we're going, right? We've yeah. already, ex- we've already explained that Bradley and the red team are going to get out of here. And I'm picturing them like they get out and they get into like the center uh, in Cerebro area and like, you know, they talk, maybe they, they meet the AI and he's like, you know, congratulations, you have won the game, you know? And, right. and it would be funny if that was kind of it. And they're just like, that's it. Like, this is a game. And like, can we go home now? <laughs> it's like, you know, <laughs> like almost having it be a little bit anticlimactic would be, I think, again, interesting and, you know, setting expectations on their head. But I then want to fast forward a little bit because it's like, wait a second. Like we can't just end the game end the movie with the, you know, the guys we thought were going to win, eventually like the guys we eventually realized we're going to win hey now they won they got out the game says congratulations you can all go home and then but maybe now the ai who had been kind of tricked by the observer mm-hmm. being an ai and being intelligent enough to have like a sense of humor and learn you know maybe the ai realizes what what has happened and is basically choosing hey this red team who like they broke the rules they broke the rules to win the game they mm-hmm. won but they broke the rules to win and, you know, like, and maybe he's sort of like the AI is opting for, well, I would rather see more of this and rather than, you know, you know, like you think I don't know about your, your game in the back room, you know, your side game, you know, right. whatever. And it would be interesting, interesting of like, you know, talking to the observer and then like the screen goes black 
and then light the lights come back up again and you see the you were like hard close up on the observer's face you know kirsten Dunst's face just mm-hmm. waking up groggy like where am i and then you know you hear that sound of like the 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 dice spinning on you know the the, oh. time, the, the timer gauntlet and she opens eyes and she realizes oh shit and she's like she's strapped to the wall and she looks to her left and there's three of those like gambling tycoon guys strapped all next to her you know and then the ai the ai who did not welcome the you know the blue team we met them earlier but maybe the ai is just like you know you know welcome to the game or you know whatever yeah. or like you know <laughs> oh dude i love it yes that would, Oh, we, when we end right there, you know, like the AI is like, let's see how you do, bitch. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think, what we, yeah, we don't even have it say anything. We just hear that because I'm picturing like this, the the sound of being like a, like a kind of like, you know, like mm-hmm. just like this weird, like echoey robotic sound. Yes. And then have the, the timer, you know, or the, the roll start happening. So we, we see her open her eyes. We hear that noise have her like frantically look down and then we see the number rolling on her gauntlet and we, we fade to black. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. No, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Let's not say anything. Just let the, again, trust the audience to understand what's going on. Don't insult their intelligence. And right. They re- and the AI has for whatever reason decided let's play again, but let's, you know, let's, let's, let's see how you do, you know? Yep. <laughs> oh, I love it, dude. It, you know, and, and I, I feel weird cause this was such a short, uh, film that we were able to, because like, well, mm-hmm. you know what? We said it was going to be a, a, an hour and a half movie. I think we got in and we got out with the film in, in under an hour and a half too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I'm I'm actually really proud of this one. Like, I know we took a lot of elements from other uh, properties to to make this work, but I, I I like if this was out, I'd go watch it. <laughs> you know, like yeah, and me it, too. It's a movie about a board game. <laughs> Well, you know, if I saw it, uh, if if I saw a trailer, I would love to see a trailer of like, like, and it starts just like the old, like classic 80s or 90s, like TV commercial of like, you yeah. know, like, and the, the tagline was, it's fun getting into trouble. And then, yeah. you, and then like in the trailer, like hard cut black. And then you see, again, that face of not, not, not Kirsten Dunst, but like, uh, you know, the Sarah, the final girl, <gasps> just wake up gasping yep. and sweating. And you see her look around, like strapped to a wall. Other people are there. And then you have your like trailer mom montage you know of like yes. in, in a game where <laughs> you know your life is in trouble <laughs> yes exactly i do i would be like sign me up when can i buy tickets i'm pre-ordering this right. i want to see it on imax 3d <laughs> and i'm picturing like as the trailer no, goes on crazy. like we we keep hearing that like wong, wong, like that sound oh, yeah. and like just flashes of like you know them jumping across the pillars flashes of like someone getting electrocuted you know flashes of like the blood pouring from the ceiling like we don't know what happened there but yeah yeah oh that would be so much fun that sound that weird yeah that weird like uh almost like an electronic like heartbeat kind of a noise you know womp 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 but then mixed with like Again, we've mentioned like Twister and a couple other kind of game references, and we've mentioned like Milton Bradley, and you know, it'd be cool if the uh, because there's only one die in the Popometic die, but we we have they have these gauntlets with this like digital like uh, random number generator. But what mm-hmm. if the sound it makes is like when you put all six dice in like the Yahtzee cup and shake it up, you know? Yeah. a bunch of plastic dice in like a plastic cup so you hear you really get to hear the sound of like dice rattling in a cup (laughs) i love it i love it yeah (laughs) 
this is awesome. So, and I love, I love that we both started this. We were both like, I'm tired and this is weird. And I don't know what we're going to talk about. And, and, and like, neither one of us said it out loud, but I was like, man, this, this, this might be the one where we finally crash and burn. I don't know. <laughs> I know right? But I, I actually think I would be more excited to see this than our street fighter movie. <laughs> like, yeah, agreed. Like, and I like that one, but I'm like, this, I think, is is taking a ridiculous concept, like, and that's basically where I'm comparing it. It's because the Street Fighter movie, like, no matter, no matter whether it be our made-up one or the real one, it's a ridiculous concept for a movie, just a bunch of fighters, you know? But, <laughs> yeah. But, like, uh, so I put those two on equal footing. I would rather see this just because it's so fucking weird. Yeah, I agree. No, I thought we did a pretty good job of taking like, you know, the the round robin like one against one, you know, fight, you know, kind of a yeah. setup for Street Fighter and making a story out of it that I hope was a better idea than the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. And yeah, right. I would I would totally go to see that movie, but Again, just par- comparing like trailer to trailer, if it was like, you know, uh, you know, like a Hong Kong style action fighter movie versus like, you know, Cube, but with, uh, you know, the, the, the 80s commercial t- lead in with Kirsten Dunst, I'd be like, dude, I'm going to see trouble all day. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I, I still like, wow, I'm, I'm shocked that that we were able to uh, to make this work. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Oh. This is this is awesome. I'm really excited about this one. Oh man. So I think we should. We got in under an hour and a half. I think we should take our own advice from the last uh, rental rant episode and just you know get to the fucking point. I think we did that, and I think it's time you know to just get out of here. Uh, yeah. So with that, Mike, where can people find you on the socials? Uh, well, that's the Boogeyman's Closet on both Facebook and Instagram and at Boogeyman's The on Twitter uh, for our uh, our horror movie podcast that's every week. Um, then CountCreepyHead.com. There's uh, Count Creepyhead on uh, – it's Creepyhead with a K on the social medias uh, for the toy podcast I do. And then uh, Zarakis on Instagram. It's Z-A-R-A-C-I-S to see some of my artwork. So, um, But, yeah, that's that's pretty much where you can find me. And, of course, Rad Pantheon. <laughs> yeah, Rad Pantheon is a good segue because uh, that is an art collective of podcasters, artists, photographers, you name it, all kinds of creative people. We've banded together to support each other, help each other out uh, and show the world some rad stuff. And I'm a part of that as well. I run Comics Boost on Instagram and Twitter where I spotlight crowdfund campaigns for comic book projects that I think deserve to be a reality and deserve your backing. Just spell comics with an X. That's Comics Boost. And you can find me on my personal page at the strasburg and uh, all of that is all linked on uh, red pantheon so go check out redpantheon.com or red pantheon on all the social media platforms you can think of and uh with that i'm josh i'm mike and we have to return some videotapes raised by rentals is a member of the red pantheon network visit redpantheon.com to support rad stuff the theme music is Forbidden Fruit by Velvet Bethany. You can purchase music and learn more at velvetbethany.com. Mm-hmm.